I'm so excited to tell you about Radiotopia's newest show, The Recipe with Kenji and Deb. Kenji and Deb are two of the best home cooks alive. J. Kenji Lopez-Alt of The Food Lab and The Walk, and Deb Perlman of Smitten Kitchen. Two of my go-tos to make sure I'm getting the perfect recipe for everything from meatballs to muffins. They're pros who obsess over techniques and essential ingredients, so you learn everything you need to create your perfect recipe. You can finally be excited to eat what you make, and maybe even impress your friends and family. Help us welcome the newest show to the Radiotopia family. Find The Recipe with Kenji and Deb on your favorite podcast platform starting February 26th. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Dear Diary. Sixth grade. February 14th. 1991. I am really depressed. How could she break up with me? Mom, you can't read this. I'm not famous, but not to toot my own horn, I am probably famous in the model horse community. Most kids don't exactly know where they fit in. But when your name is Poetry, well, there's a good chance you're not like most kids. Hi, I'm Poetry Boucher. I'm a filmmaker, and I am absolutely a horse girl. (laughs) A horse girl is someone that is so passionate about horses that they kind of just live and breathe them. We get made fun of for being weird and liking horses a lot. It's just a passion that I don't think people understand unless they get the same butterflies that we do when we look at a horse. I think I first realized I was a horse girl probably when I started collecting model horses and my friends would walk in my room and just see shelves of horses staring at them and be like what the fuck are you doing and i'm like why isn't this a normal thing and amongst horse girls poetry is a specific breed as a middle schooler she launched a popular youtube channel devoted to miniature model horses hey everyone it's foxglory123 here with a tutorial on how to paint a dapple gray model horse and she's not alone there are legions of kids obsessed with making model horse videos like this unboxing video from YouTuber Infinity Briars. He's this absolutely gorgeous shade of light chestnut. He's got so much dust on them. I don't know how they get dust in the box. That's absolutely whack to me. And once a year, girls like this unite, descending upon Lexington, Kentucky, to make a holy pilgrimage to the homeland of model horses. It's Briarfest at the beautiful Kentucky Horse Park, the three-day weekend event that's all about horses. It's the best three days of the entire year. It's my favorite. It's better than Christmas. See exciting live shows. So Briarfest is the Comic-Con of model horses. I think the first time I went to Briarfest, I was probably 12 or 13. It was the most surreal experience for a young horse girl. 
I had never seen so many model horses and real horses in one place in my life, from realistic painted horses with crazy Appaloosa patterns to unicorns and brightly painted Pegasus with parrot wings. You'll see the younger girls walking around Briarfest just jaws dropped and drooling as they walk around. And if all that horseplay wasn't enough, there's even a competition. So it's actually exactly like the Westminster Dog Show, except you're showing seven-inch figures that are not alive. Briarfest can get ridiculous because it's just thousands of teenage girls in one place, so there's obviously drama. People definitely talk shit on others there. Oh, why did she win? My horse was painted better than hers. And people steal horses? It becomes insanity at times. But beyond such insanity, it's nice to be in a place filled with people who totally get you. So from someone who's outside of the hobby, it's like, what did you do? Why is that important? But for us, we're, we're very proud of our horses, actually. From PureX and Radiotopia, this is Mortified. I'm Neil. And today on the show, it's time to saddle up and head out on the trail. Because we're riding shotgun with horse girls. Whether you were one or simply had a friend who'd invite you over for sleepover and refuse to watch anything but... The Black Stallion. The story of a legendary horse who could only be tamed by a young boy's love. My name is Emily, and I live here in Baltimore, but I grew up in Bethesda. And as a kid, I was a goody two-shoes, smart Catholic school kid. Um, I was really into horses, and I wrote about them a lot in my journal. The two things that I wanted the most were to feel like a true horseback rider and to have a boyfriend. Getting to be around horses was definitely more exciting to me than being around boys. Yeah, I would tell horses things almost like a diary. And I remember one day this boy that I had a crush on teased me about something. And I like held in the tears all day and all afternoon. And the minute I got to the stables, I ran into gingerbread stall and snuck in and threw my arms around him and started crying and like telling him what had happened. And then I just like felt better. Like the horse had told me that it was going to be okay. (laughs) February 24th, 2000. I love horses. I like NSYNC, Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, not Backstreet Boys. I love horses. I have been riding since fourth grade. I am in seventh grade now, 12 years old. My favorite horse at the stable I ride at is Jackie. She's actually a pony and she is so cute. I love her so much. She has medical problems, though. (laughs) She has ear infections, and one of her eyes had to be removed. (laughs) It is sad. I always feel bad for her. I really want a psychiatrist. I don't know why, though. (laughs) I don't have a boyfriend. I never have. I wish I could have a horse. It would be a thoroughbred, about 16 hands tall, with three white socks, no sock on front right leg, and a white star and snip. These are facial markings. I would name her Baby. 
Her show name would be Emily's Baby. <laughs> Yesterday, I thought I saw a killer, so I got the license plate number and called the police. <laughs> it turned out that the killer was Kyle Preble, a boy in sixth grade's dad. <laughs> I was so worried that he was going to be arrested. It turned out that the police didn't call him or confront him or anything. I was so relieved. Okay, bye-bye now. Emily, horse lover. <laughs> February 27th. Yesterday, I went to my dad's boss's wedding. There was this totally cute guy there. When I first saw him, I thought he was in high school because he was really tall. 5'7". <laughs> <laughs> it turned out, though, that he was in eighth grade. I was really happy because then I thought there would be a chance he, that he could like me. I think he did because he would follow me, sort of. Like if I went into a room, he would walk over close to the room. And <laughs> that's how you know. <laughs> and he would always look over at me and I did the same. He had dark brown hair and brown eyes. He was really tan and had some freckles or birthmarks. <laughs> the DJ started playing some music and I started dancing. Then my dad came over and said that his dad asked my dad if I would ask Paul, the cute guy, to dance because he was too shy to dance by himself. I didn't because I was too shy. So my dad's friend heard all of this and went over and talked to Paul. I'm not sure what he said, but in a couple of minutes, Paul came over and said, hi, you're Emily, right? He said, yeah, you're Paul, right? I replied. <laughs> Then the DJ said that the bride and groom were supposed to dance this really slow song together. Then he said for everyone else to join them. When the DJ said that, Paul asked me if I wanted to dance. So we were dancing and talking, and I was just in seventh heaven. <laughs> then I did have to leave. I said bye like three times. He's just really nice and cute. I love horses. <laughs> just in case you forgot. <laughs> February 29th. Friday was my last riding lesson. That means I'll have to wait two or three weeks to start riding again, or even to see horses. I'm not very happy about that. Here is a poem that I'm making up right now. <laughs> the title is Horses. <laughs> Wild and free, like a torrent of wind racing through the meadow. Peaceful and calm, grazing in the field with a foal by side. Majestic and beautiful, sniffing the wind with a, sh with a shrill neigh. <laughs> Isn't that good? <laughs> I really miss Paul. I wish I could horseback ride with him right now. <laughs> March 7th. Right now, this one boy in my class has jello mix and is sniffing it. What if he dies? <laughs> I can't wait for horseback riding. <laughs> I wish that Paul could come to one of the school dances. Then we could slow dance again and I could show him off to everyone. I really miss him. I wish I could be stuck with him on that dance floor for a long time. I also miss HBR, horseback riding. <laughs> March 14th. Tomorrow is riding. Here is what I wish would happen. I would walk into the stable and find out that I was riding Brassy, a horse, and that this really cute guy was in my class too. 
I would groom Brassy, but ask the cute guy to help me with the boots for Brassy. He would say yes, and we would talk while we were putting Brassy's boots on and saddling her. Then we would ride and get to jump and canter a lot. Then he would help me groom my horse at my next lesson. And while we were grooming, we would kiss, and I would be so happy and like him a lot. (laughs) Emily, I love horses. March 30th. When I become 14, I am going to work at the stables. I want to become a singer when I grow up, or a gymnast, or own my own stable. I am psychic. (laughs) I wish that I could go out with Lance Bass from NSYNC. (laughs) And that he would buy me a horse. (laughs) Lance likes horseback riding, too. And he doesn't like basketball that much, and he isn't that good at it, just like me. (laughs) I love horses so much, Emily. April 11th. I was in my first horse show. It was so much fun. I really hope I can do it again sometime. I got to ride Sunkissed. She was very good. It was a really big deal. My sister and my best friend were standing on the edge of the ring and, like, cheering for me and... I felt more like a real horseback rider. Instead of just someone who took lessons, I felt more connected to this sport that I was really in love with. I mean, it's just like if I had gotten to go on a date with Paul, like it was like an official thing. During the show, I trotted, walked, and cantered. Then we lined up and got our ribbons. I was, and still am, really happy and proud that I got a sixth place out of 14 or 15 or 13. (laughs) So, um, a romantic update, I never saw Paul again. (laughs) I only saw him that once in my entire life. But um, six short years after I wrote these journal entries, I met my fantastic husband, Jamie, who's a lot of fun to dance with at weddings. (laughs) We still have not horseback ridden together. Thank you. That was Emily at a mortified event at the Black Cat in Washington, D.C. Now, while some girls express their love of horses by going to the stables, other horse girls go to the Internet. My influences as a model horse filmmaker, my main one was definitely Cinnamon Mew Mew. Once again, poetry. And she's from Wales. And she was like the first big model horse YouTuber. When poetry was in grade school, she stumbled upon a video that took her obsession with model horses to an entirely different level. I remember I watched her trailer on YouTube for her series Conquering Tide. The mare waited in the woods for days, weeks, months. She grew tired and worried, couldn't survive without him. And I thought it was the coolest thing that 11-year-old me had ever seen, and I thought I could do it myself. And it wasn't long before Poetry was shooting her own epic videos, starring a cast of tiny toy horses. So it's kind of like puppetry, except the horses can't move their mouths and they don't move their facial expressions. So what's challenging about shooting the models, because they're inanimate, is that you're stuck with whatever expression that Briar has really given them. And... Something that you have to learn as a model horse filmmaker is how to manipulate them so you can add emotions through different means with sound design and camera work that will add that emotion for them. Stop it! And just a few short years into her new obsession, Poetry had already become one of several kids known for making model horse videos. 
but she was ready to go big. So she set out to make the most epic model horse series ever made. Enter Vengeance Reign. So I had this idea for a medieval model horse series, and it's about royal families in the realm of Elkir. It's similar to Game of Thrones. Only instead of it starring big-time actors like Peter Dinklage or Kit Harington, it was... Made with briar model horses. And instead of it being shot in picturesque locales like Northern Ireland or Iceland... I made it on my bedroom floor with castle sets... Your mother was a whore. My mother was no such thing. Whores birth bastards. So even though I was a kid when I made Vengeance Reign, it dealt with topics like sex, murder, there was a lot of swearing in it, lots of torture. There's a forced marriage between a princess and a king, and the princess is a lesbian and falls in love with her slave, and the king rapes her, and she gets pregnant with that baby. I'm pregnant, Rory. No. It gets very, very dark for model horses. I'll watch you cry like a bitch. And it's kind of controversial. I know at some point I got in trouble because one of the main characters, she's like 12 years old and she calls someone a cunt. (laughs) My dad yelled at me for that one. Sure, she was a type of filmmaker who still had to answer to her dad, but that didn't stop poetry from going full Peter Jackson. There were a lot of battle scenes that I shot for Vengeance Reign that were really ambitious and they take a long time and you take 10 minutes to do one shot that you're going to use a few frames of. <laughs> There's the siege at Ravensdale, that's a good one. And I think that scene was pretty difficult to film because I filmed it by myself and there's a lot of movement and this horse is stabbing this horse with a sword and this one just slit someone's throat. My favorite shot in that scene though is Royce, he stabs one of the other horses through the head. You can see the sword go all the way through and the blood like run down both sides of his head. You'll be happy to hear that poetry is back in the saddle, as it were. She just released a new season of Vengeance Reign on YouTube, her first season since entering her 20s, thus proving once a horse girl, always a horse girl. It's a lesson that other women, like Christine, know all too well. It's really funny that this podcast episode is coming out when it is, because literally this week I have been talking about getting back into writing lessons after not taking them for over a decade. As a kid in Apple Valley, Minnesota, Christine was convinced you didn't really know her unless you understood the connection she had with her horse. Raven and I were six months apart in age. I got her when I was 13 and she was 12 and a half. She was my black beauty. She was big and she had beautiful black fur and a flowing black mane and tail. And I just thought she was the prettiest horse I'd ever seen in my life. And in Christine's mind, no one needed to understand her connection with Raven more than someone hoping to become her boyfriend. I felt that if a guy didn't get how important horses were to me and why they were important to me, then I had no business bringing them into my life. I saw us making that 
beautiful scenic drive out into the countryside. We'd go and get our horses out of the pasture together. We'd get ready together and then have a beautiful scenic ride through the forest at sunset and get to this crest of a hill and look longingly at each other. Horses were relatively easy to figure out. Boys, on the other hand, were a whole different rodeo. From my footprints journal, this is the very one, age 16, March 5th. Today I was so happy to see Raven. Ah, My stress levels would be so much lower if I could see Raven every day, talk to her, groom her. I have found that there is this sublime, calming aura about horses. I hope I will never have to live without horses, and I hope I can find a man who appreciates the beauty of the horse just as much as I do. I hope Ian will like Raven, if he ever meets her. Love, Christine. So I like this guy, Ian. We met on the debate team, not generally known for producing the most dateable guys. Um, And I was already extremely nervous that boys couldn't live up to the romantic standards that horses fulfilled. (laughs) But hey, I was willing to give him a chance to prove himself. March 7th. Oh, today was a good day. Ian asked me out. Yay! I was so giddy. Uh, He called me, but it was an awkward phone call. I felt like I was talking too much and had to use a lot of space fillers, especially whatever. Why can't I just talk normal? I get so jabbery. I hope our relationship isn't awkward. Awkwardness changes relationships forever. (laughs) And usually not in a good way. (laughs) Love, Christine. March 11th. Well, today, everything went so perfect. The best thing was my date with Ian. Oh, it was so fun, and it wasn't awkward at all. We ended up just going to Caribou. (laughs) We found so many things to talk about, and miraculously, there were no awkward silences. Ah, yay! Now, I didn't get my first kiss like I thought, but hopefully one is in the near future. I'll keep my fingers crossed. Thank you, Lord, for this truly exemplary day. (laughs) Love, Christine. (laughs) I obviously connected with horses, but I had a much harder time connecting with guys. You cannot be awkward with your horse, which maybe was why I was particularly sensitive to it in my romantic relationships. Dealing with high school boys is pretty much the opposite (laughs) in so many ways. April 28th. Well, technically, April 29th. Oh, well. Oh, today was so good. BF of about one and a half months, Ian came over tonight. And to make it even better, my parents weren't home, which is okay with them. Gosh, I'm so glad they trust me. (laughs) Uh, It was a little awkward at first. We just sat in the basement and watched the Italian job. Oh, here's the best part. During the movie, he had his arm around me and I was leaning into his shoulder. It was so cozy, I practically melted. (laughs) I thought we were gonna kiss on the couch because I kept looking up at him, but I got so nervous. Ah, it's scary. (laughs) But 
I was having fun just cuddling. Yay. <laughs> After our little totally non-sexual cuddle fest, <laughs> we, we had a wicked awesome Dr. Mario tournament. <laughs> He's actually pretty good. I took him home. As usual, he really needs to get his license. <laughs> anyway, when I drop him off, there's usually this awkward silence, and I chicken out of kissing him. But not tonight. I totally went for it. <laughs> he was about to leave, but I tugged on his sweatshirt and told him to wait, and I just kissed him. We didn't make out or anything. Just a kiss. I am so giddy right now. I can't wait for our next date. Yay, love, Christine. <laughs> so, at first, I clearly found his awkwardness endearing. But, as time went on, I began yearning for that dream of me and the boy and the horse, Raven, galloping off into the sunset in slow motion. July 28th, I broke up with Ian. BF of about four months. It hurt really bad inside because he's such a nice guy, and I know I hurt him. I'm such a bitch. <laughs> but I know it was the right thing to do. I mean, he didn't call me for an entire month. <laughs> he's, he's just a little too awkward and expressed no interest in Raven. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I never realized how horny you feel after you break up with someone. <laughs> I mean, this reboundish feeling gave me a hard time at band camp this week. <laughs> I hope this year isn't kissless, because after knowing what making out is like, you kind of crave it once in a while. Actually, a lot. <laughs> oh, teen urges, what can I say? <laughs> Good night, love, Christine. Uh, a few weeks later. So I've officially decided that all guys are stupid. <laughs> Basically, these are my options as I see them. Currently. One, the socially awkward types that would probably like me, but have no idea how to be a boyfriend. Two, man whores. <laughs> yep. Gosh, it seems their annoying existence increases by the second. Three, one of the debate guys. But the majority of them have a lot of asshole moments. Except for Ian. If he were just a little less awkward and a little more filled out, things might be different. <laughs> but probably not. <laughs> I'm kind of nervous that in order to get a boyfriend, I'd have to change something about me. And I'm not willing to sacrifice who I am. <laughs> Love, Christine. P.S. Pray for the end of the age of assholes. 
<laughs> so to get my mind up the trials and tribulations of the boys at school, I refocused my attention back on my first love, horses. The highlight of my summer was working as a horse camp counselor, a role that had its own level of awkwardness. August 3rd, 2006. It's the last night of horse camp. I heart them so much because I'm being responsible and I get to be around horses 24 seven. I'll be so sad when I can't do this anymore. Anyway, today instead of a snipe hunt, we had bareback night. We, that's <laughs> where you trot without saddles and stuff. <laughs> we, we did a lot of trotting, so my crotch hurt so bad. <laughs> oh yeah, funny thing that happened was that Coco mounted Mariah right in the middle of the pasture. Those are two horses, <laughs> just to clarify. <laughs> All the campers were watching. I didn't try to explain what was going on. I don't think I should be the one giving 10-year-olds the sex talk. OMG, bye, love Christine. <laughs> so as it turns out, horses have their own level of romantic awkwardness. <laughs> uh, despite my frustrations and brief relationship with Ian, I eventually came to a place where it's okay for the shy, sensitive guys to like me, and maybe it's also okay for me to like them back. August 25th, 2006. I talked to Sean yesterday. Apparently, he came to the fair last week to see me, OMG. I'm so sad because he said he saw Raven's stall and looked around but couldn't find me. How sad is that? I was really bummed when he told me. It would have been fun to see him there. Love, Christine. He had come out to the county fair where I was showing my horse, and I think just that little action, even though it didn't materialize into anything between us, just showed me that when people care, they're gonna show up, and that's worth still looking for that. And I think that one moment gave me a glimpse at what there was potential of in my life. I feel like that gave me a renewed sense that there may still be that person out there that can love me and appreciate horses, maybe not as much as I do, but they're going to be open to supporting me as I have that in my life. So while Sean and I never rode off into the sunset together, I'm still thankful for these early awkward crushes. I didn't have to sacrifice who I was, but they did open up my notions of what romance could look like. They showed me that sometimes the best moments can come from perhaps, just maybe, embracing a little awkwardness. That was Christine at a Mortified event in Chicago at Lincoln Hall. And this concludes today's Horse Powered episode, where we learned there's only one way to know if you've truly succeeded in life. That's when all of the horse girls will congratulate you, and that feels really nice. If you enjoyed poetry, check out her awesome YouTube videos at FoxGlory123. To share the shame, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Or visit GetMortified.com to binge other episodes of this podcast, or find out about upcoming Mortified live events all across the country. 
If you click participate, you might even appear on a future episode of this podcast. As many of you know, the Mortified Podcast is a very proud member of Radiotopia from PureX. If your company would like to support our podcasts, we would really appreciate that. Please email sponsor at radiotopia.fm. Our podcast production team for this episode includes Hedley Dion, Dave Nadelberg, and myself, Neil Ketcher. These stories were produced for the stage by Aaron Drew and Shada Grants. Music by Gordon Bash, Alex Burke, Adam Smith, The Angel, Zoe Rose Palladino, and Snake, Snake, Snakes. Additional thanks to all the dedicated Mortified Live producers whose work continue to make the stage show possible. Until next time, we remind you we're freaks, we're fragile, and giddy up.